1: Welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. Today we have Deb with us and Deb actually wrote in Uh, talking about a few things that today and I love to talk about. Um, But, you know, Mm. attachment styles, uh, how it shows up in relationships, um, how we move from maybe more of an anxious attachment style into kind of more of a secure. uh, And and what about ignoring red flags in relationships? Um, It sounds like there's a lot in this that you wrote in, but I also feel like there's definitely a theme. So without me just like rattling off all the things you wrote, I'd love to just have you kind of take us deeper and tell us what's going on.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm like kind of four years removed from a divorce uh, to a narcissist for 20 years. And I kind of learned that my mother was also a narcissist. So I have some deep seated inner child stuff that I'm working through. Um, so that's how I show up with the anxious attachment style because I still fight the um, feelings of I'm never good enough. You know, if I'm not getting attention, kind of get wigged out like I do something wrong. Um, when it's a new relationship, how do you kind of move through the next steps? And I definitely tend to give people multiple, multiple chances and mm. can some most of the time identify some of the red flags, but I mm. like to choose to ignore them a little bit that you think can you know, quote, unquote, fix something or, you know, do something better or try to figure out what I'm not doing right, which 90% of the time has absolutely nothing to do with me. Um, Mm. For my brain to process that and
1: actually figure that out, it takes quite a bit of time. Well, it sounds like your brain is actually up to speed. To me, it sounds like it's going to be (laughs) a little bit more of the internal systems, right? Like maybe the heart that takes a little bit more time to catch up because you've got the knowledge, it sounds like. Uh, yeah, I've
2: been doing a lot of hard work. Um, mm. A lot of, a lot of um, online Zoom therapy sessions. Um, talking with other people that are kind of on the same journey. Um, I was lucky uh, in the area town that I live in, I was lucky to find a pretty solid divorce support group with a life coach when I went through my divorce. So kind of set myself up on the right path. But it's amazing how deep the wounds go. My mother and my parents divorced at 13, and I'm now 52, and I'm still fighting this in relationships, mm-hmm. and only one is a happy, healthy relationship like most of everybody wants, but it seems to be the hardest thing to obtain in your entire life.
0: And so, Deb, are you dating anyone right now? Or are you like currently grappling am, with this with someone?
2: Yeah, I'm in a new relationship. It's about a month old. Um, okay. We have a 90-minute distance in uh, where we live, um, but we're both fine with that. Um, So we've been on a lot of the last few weekends together. Um, Really lucky he's taken two years off himself, so he's uh, ready for a a relationship, it seems like. He's super sweet, which I'm so not used to. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not used to. People do everything for me, and I'm like, what is that? Um, I'm used to being the person that does everything, so he doesn't give me a reason to have to be anxious he calls and texts he has conversations i mean even from the first get-go i mean i had on my profile um that i don't i don't really like text i mean texting's okay at the beginning to you know see if there's any interest but after that if you want it to proceed further you know i'm old school like make a phone call plan a date okay. do something mm-hmm. and you know from the get-go he's like he said something on even in the first phone call when he called the first day. And I was like, You actually read my profile. <laughs> I was like, you actually read the whole thing, didn't you? He's like, yeah. And I was like, wow. <laughs> I love
0: it. Refreshing, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what's up, Deb. You know, so as I'm listening to you, I think the good news is your level of awareness, right? Like I feel like that takes you so many steps ahead of where you would be if we were having this conversation and you hadn't done all of the work that you were clearly doing already. I think, you know, we are relational beings. And so being in a relationship, a newer relationship now gives you an opportunity to start to workshop some of the things that you have become aware of, right? And as you start to feel those moments when something is coming up and I'm noticing I'm feeling a little bit of activation, I'm feeling a little bit of anxiety around like what he's feeling. Can I start to practice staying with myself and putting all of these things that I understand now? you know, into like actual movement, right? So I'm feeling attached. What do I need? Like, what am I hungry for? Right? Like, can I start to take care of myself, nurture my inner child a little bit in these moments and um, really pay attention to the stories that are coming up for me, like in whatever way that looks like for you? How does that feel?
2: Yeah, that's what I've been trying to do. I mean, mm-hmm. i Proud of myself because one of the first weekends when he did everything, I was like, um "He's like, are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just not used to somebody doing everything for me." So I'm just Mm -hmm. trying to sit here and actually kind of enjoy it without feeling lost. (laughs) If I'm being honest, you know,
1: because I love that you vocalized that to him.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I'll just, you know, I'm I'm quiet because I really don't know (laughs) what to say or do. If I'm being honest,
1: like I don't know. (laughs)
2: Um, so you know, it's navigating it, but it's you know, it's been nice. Um. I tend to go for the ones that are the functional and alcoholics, codependents. Um, love to attract those. And I've dated and been with way too many of those, and I'm just not looking for that anymore. <laughs> so it's very refreshing, but surprising because I still have those feelings of why would a guy so nice want to date me? <laughs> like, what, mm. am I, what am I really offering, you know? And I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> I do have a lot to offer, but sometimes I forget that, you know, I still go Right, it and
1: so that's, and I know you know this just based on what you're saying, but that's your work, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds like most of your work is going to be around coming back to this feeling of like, why is he here? Why is he with me? what am I offering, right? This kind of voice that you've got in the back of your mind and, and noticing when it happens. And it sounds like you did this in that moment. You're like, no, I do. I do have a lot to offer. Right. And just kind of being gentle with it. Yeah. I I read something the other day that said, um, I'm going to paraphrase, I'm I'm sure I screwed up, but it was basically like being in relationship, not just romantic, right. But any is like taking the work that you've done on the road. So it's like actually going on tour now, right? Like put, put the rubber <laughs> to the road where it's like, you can do all the work, but until you're like on tour, on stage, right? You don't get to see how hard you've done the work, how, you know, pay off or whatever. So it, that's kind of what you're doing right now. This is what reminded me of.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, and because it's, every person is different you know, it's, it's all new. It's all different. And it's like, you think it could go one way, but you're still learning that person too. So you've always got to kind of adjust as well and, you know, look at what's happening.
0: <laughs> I, I got to agree with Vanessa. I love that you named for him, what is coming up, what was coming up for you? Because I think that that can be, um, you know, the really challenging part of the practice, especially when something feels, different than what I'm accustomed to in relationships, and I think another part of your work will be noticing there may be periods where, um, you know, we, we tend to want to return to what feels familiar, what feels comfortable, and so, like, in moments when I find myself, like, maybe a little bit unattracted to that niceness, or, like, maybe it's feeling needy, or it's feeling like he wants too much, or, like, something about it is, like, repelling me, right, can i like really get still with like what what is this like what is this feeling right um and continuing to name some of the stuff that's coming up for you um with him right Mm -hmm. so some of this just feels like really different for me like if you start to feel like as he wants to be together and he wants to like really connect and um be intimate in those ways and it starts to feel like too much can you name? This is just so different than what I'm used to. And it's not necessarily that it's not what I want. It's just not what I'm accustomed to experiencing.
2: Yeah. So uh, I do that a lot, but I mm. struggle sometimes with, I can do the negative self-speak. So i got to watch myself from doing that, getting mm-hmm. in my own headspace.
1: Well, yeah. And when you say the negative self-speak, it's almost like that idea of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Many- so I'm getting this sense from you. It's like, well, I've dated so many and I tend to attract that, you know, and this is my experience and all of that is true. But even when you say it, it feels in there like there's this, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like this guy seems too good to be true. And so, you know, just being mindful of that because there is sometimes some self-sabotage that comes with that feeling of this is too good to be true.
2: Mm. Trying not to do that, trying just to just enjoy the ride and let it be more natural and organic. But yeah, in the back of my mind, there's definitely like, am I missing a red flag yet? Nope. I haven't mm. seen any. Okay. You know, but then it's like, well, you know, narcissists can hide them for a while. So it's like it's that little bit of uh, you know, just pause and concern where I probably haven't let every part of my guard start to come down yet,
1: just from past. Can I ask you, do you trust yourself in seeing the red flags like do you trust that you'll see
2: them I trust that I see them I just feel like I I'll talk through it I'll I'll, with friends I'll identify it
1: Mm -hmm. and
2: agree or disagree or they'll say you're missing something but then I know it's there and then I'll still just sit there and ignore it for a month or two until I wrap my head and heart around yeah you need to be done Mm -hmm. and it's like why do I wait four weeks when I know that it's time to be bounced next. You know, <laughs> I'm still sitting there wasting my time on, you know, something else. And I'm like, why do I do that? <laughs> well, why do you think you do that? Um, I think it's just sometimes that I, I think it's still the the fear of just not being good enough. It's like, whatever happened, I know it's time to move on and I deserve better, but it's just, I, I s- somehow still seek this validation. I think of the clarity or validation of why this didn't work or why the, you know, Instead of just realizing this person hasn't done their own healing journey, or they're not, you know, capable of being in a stable, secure relationship. They're somebody that's definitely more got their own attachment style or issues that they don't even recognize. Mm-hmm. So it's things they can't really, maybe really fix because they don't even recognize it themselves.
1: Yeah. You
0: know what is coming up for me, Deb, that I'd love for you to start to play with a little bit as you're having... Um, you know, these conversations with yourself is a little bit of, instead of the conversation being around, like, why do I do that? Can it be a little bit more of why I did that? Right? Like, I feel like there's a way that sometimes we have a tendency to not give ourselves enough credit for the way that we've grown and evolved and Um, And really, like, we haven't caught up in our minds to the changes that we've made. And we will surprise ourselves with the tools that we have sort of acquired over time, and that I'm actually not the same person in relationships. And I think sometimes if we're still so talking to ourselves, like, this is what I do, I'm always with an addict, you know, like, um, we can sort of like, to Vanessa's point, like, it becomes this, like, self-fulfilling thing, this is what I do, like, can I start to shift the conversation around, like, yeah, that is what I have done in the past, that is what I did, and I'm really practicing doing something different now.
1: So, catching past tense versus, like, present tense, basically, it sounds simple, but actually, it can be really powerful.
0: Yeah,
2: makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and it, it does sound like you have some clarity around why you why you have done that, right? And this recognition of, um, you know, it has to do with the self. It has to do with, um, you know, uh, if I were better, then this would be different. If I did something differently, then he might do something differently. And maybe I can fix it. Like there's a lot of this stuff that's wrapped up in if I were better, right? If I were mm. enough. And what it sounds like is then a month or two in there is this kind of like aha or realization that clicks where it's like, Oh no, it's actually, they haven't done their work. They're not Mm -hmm. where I need them to be. They, you know, they don't have the capacity. And so there is a catch up that happens. And I I actually wonder if um, you'll see that catch up happening quicker and quicker.
0: Mm -hmm. Right.
1: So, so, you know, I always say in codependency work, it's like, let's stop putting the pressure on ourselves to in the moment, do this thing that's totally different and you know we wave this wand and magically all those codependent behaviors go away right maybe it's instead that the last time i did this it took me 2 months between realization and action and then the next time i did it maybe it only took me 3 weeks and mm-hmm. while maybe that feels a little icky that's actually a huge difference <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> so so it's a lot of hours of a, a day in a week that you get back to you know
1: yeah. putting
2: positive in place else not letting energy vampires steal it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but it's weird how it even transcends, even from like personal relationships over to my relationship as a a boss and supervisor at work and how I get treated at work too. I have a lot of the same tendencies where um, everybody expects me to do everything because I'm the person that just always does it all and have a really strong work ethic, but then, you know, I don't feel appreciated sometimes because they just expect and dump on you because they know they can and that you'll do it. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And it's a repeating pattern even in that
0: arena
1: hmm
0: So I feel like I'd love to stay there for a second with, you know, like the thoughts that come up at work, right? Like I'm doing a lot. I feel like I need to do more. I need to sort of carry the weight for everybody else and my coworkers. What is underneath that thought? Like, because if I don't, what could happen?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's what I struggle with because it's like, I'd lose the passion in the job and I get burned out and I get frustrated And I get tired of the lack of recognition, but yet I feel like because I get paid to do my job, I need to keep doing it. So I struggle with, you know, why do I allow those tendencies to happen? Why can't my work just shine? Because I know what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and, you know, why can't I have the staff and how do I speak up and say what I need to say and set my boundaries in a work environment without coming across as, you know, this power female that's just on, you know the nice, not nice words they like to call us in the workplace and stuff. (laughs)
1: Well, so that's, that's, so the language and kind of the view that you're looking at it is like constantly, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? But I wonder if we took Danae's language and asked ourselves, what would happen if I didn't do it? What Mm -hmm. am I afraid will happen if I stop doing that behavior? Do you know how to answer that question?
2: Uh, Probably not right now. No, I'd probably have to think about it for a while and think about what the real consequence, I mean, the, the obvious is the work doesn't get done on the timeline
1: that it needs to get done. But, is that but I the think work? it's more about I, your fear though. I yeah. think it's less about the work won't get done and it's more about what am I afraid of?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I, I would guess that it's probably the not good enough. One. Like I, they're going to look at me like I'm a failure that I can't do my job. It's probably the same feeling um, versus looking at, look at all I do get done. I am successful. I am at this yeah. level. You know, I do what I do. So, um, you know, yeah. Or boundaries on that side.
0: You just did it so beautifully, Deb. I was going to ask you to sort of stay in the thought and ask yourself, what else could be true? And you just did it, right? So, a lot of your work, when you feel these limiting beliefs start to like creep up a little bit, is to take a deep breath, stay with yourself for a moment and say, mm, but what else could be true, right? Like they might think that um, I'm this powerhouse woman <laughs> that's like bulldozing everybody or they might think I'm too full of myself. Big breath. But what else could be true? What else might be true in this moment? If I were to insist upon myself, if I were to take care of my needs, what else might be true? What might be true about them? What might be true about this situation? What might I not be taking into account? Yeah. Makes
2: sense. I think sometimes I just don't pause. I just, Mm. I react. I don't take that self-recognition of sometimes just staying in that moment and just letting the feeling be there and thinking that thought. And I just jump ahead to the next thing instead of taking that pause. So I got to remember when I feel it to pause (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and sit with it for that minute. Only a minute, Mm. right?
1: (laughs) Right, because our natural inclination is to just keep going, is to jump into it, is to fix it, is to make it go away, is to, right? And in that reaction is the behaviors and the thoughts that you've been trying to work with, right? You've been trying to kind of move past or move through or integrate in a different way. And if we don't allow ourselves that pause, then we just keep doing the thing that's habitual. That is survival, mm. right? I mean, it's there for a reason, but you've done enough work, it sounds like, where you're recognizing, okay, I don't want to act out of survival anymore because it doesn't actually feel great, right? It doesn't feel true to me. It doesn't feel like my authentic self. I would actually rather act out of thriving versus surviving. I'd actually rather act from like a place of authenticity, right? Even if in the beginning that's super uncomfortable and I don't feel so good, I know that on the other side of that action, I'll actually feel way better. It's like reminding ourselves of that, you know?
2: Yeah, definitely. I got a bracelet. I was reading the book Untamed, and I finally put some work together to remind myself that, it, uh, I, and I got an a bracelet that says "Trust My Truth."
0: Just not, mm. just don't give myself,
2: or just trust my own truth. I I just been trying to apply that in life a lot more. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And so you know, beautiful. in the codependency world, right? I say a lot that that feeling of resentment is a huge trigger for us. It's a huge flag that we need to pay attention to. So especially at work, right? This feeling of like I do everything, I have to support everybody. People always give me all this extra work or I take on this extra work, right? If I don't do it, no one else will do it. When we're talking about it, there is this like slight feeling of resentment that I can sense and I can feel even as you're talking about it. (laughs) And so my other challenge to you would be also right when you feel that feeling, when there's even like the slightest little whiff of resentment that's bubbling up that is your biggest indication to take a pause Mm -hmm. because that is your codependency getting majorly activated and so at least until you feel like you have a better ability to say okay no I'm not going to do this in this moment let that be your flag let that be your like ding 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 okay dad take that pause something's going on question dig breathe sit with it right? Because that resentment is totally our codependency being like, here I am.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I don't even know why I never even thought of it that way. That resentment is
0: codependency. Duh. <laughs> well, I love that. Bea. Yeah. Cause I think like whenever there's resentment, there is an unmet need, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have a need that is not being met. So if we can pause to this point and sort of slow down for myself, I feel resentment. What is the need I have that is not being met? Right. That's, I think, beautiful, that's such a clear indication of like, that is when I need to pause, when I'm feeling that coming up for me.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Keep that in mind. (laughs) Keep that in the (laughs) forefront.
1: But what's difficult, I will say, what's difficult about that is it's a great way to stop and be like, wait, stop, what's going on? The thing is, is that then the next decision, right, where you take that information, that's where it gets tricky because that is the kind of rubber meets the road, right? So, okay, now I've sat with it, maybe I have a realization or a recognition of what that need is, and now I have to decide what am I gonna do with this information? Mm -hmm. Am I gonna speak up? Am I gonna ask for what I need? Am I gonna change the behavior? Or am I going to choose to do maybe the same thing I've always done, which I always say is fine. Sometimes we actually do need to do that um, to either continue our learning or to feel safe or whatever. Um, But now you consciously know. So there's a little bit of trickiness to that because it's like, ah, shit, now I know what the need is and now I have to make a choice, right? (laughs) (laughs) So it's next level. Like you're kind of leveling up.
2: Yeah. The next level is where all the good stuff starts to happen, though.
1: You get out of those really? bad feelings.
2: You start to really feel, you know, the passion and the love and the energy and the joy and all that stuff you're supposed to be feeling. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So it's totally. like you have to make
2: that choice because you want to level up.
1: Right. And in, in yeah. those feelings that you're supposed to be feeling, you kind of got to feel the yucky stuff to feel that stuff, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Well, yeah, no one's
2: life it was not going to be yucky.
1: <laughs> it's yucky sometimes, <laughs>
2: yeah
0: and then once you see these things you can't unsee them so yes you have to stay in the yucky feeling but eventually we do get to the point where we're ready to sort of do that leveling up and do something about the feelings yeah
2: So sometimes takes longer than other times (laughs) but Mm -hmm. it's all a journey Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it's all part of the journey yeah it's okay yeah you know I'm excited for you I'm excited for you in this new relationship I'm excited for you with your you know realizations that you've been having around work this is a pivotal point for you it sounds like you know this is the rubber meets the road point and this relationship sounds like it's in a way giving you that level up that next challenge right which is scary but also kind of amazing
2: yeah it's feeling kind of amazing right now so we'll we'll, we'll stick with that but you know yeah. just this is what i've been striving for so excited to kind of have it in front of me finally and the timing to try to see what happens.
0: Mm -hmm. That feels so beautiful, Deb. I think that that also can be a part of our work to sort of recognize that some of these things that are so good that have been cultivated in my life, like this is a lot of like my work coming to fruition, you know, like I have put all this work in and now look what I've created here for myself.
2: Yeah, because I think sometimes you can say you want all these things and you have your list in mind or whatever, you know, however you process. And I think sometimes when it comes right in front of you, you get so scared of it. You walk away from it. You don't even give it its chance. It's like, don't do that. That's what you wanted. And you just like walked away, you know, don't walk away from what you wanted just because you, you, you try to, talk yourself out of it because there might be like one little thing missing or you're not sure if the one little thing's there yet. It's like, well, you know, you got to give it time to be there. You can't, mm. you know, always just expect everything to everything to be there from moment one. You know, that's part of a growth in the relationship. You got to grow together. It's got to be moving forward. So those are one of the things that I look for that there's growth and movement each week, you know? I Love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that to me feels like, um, Kind of going, circling all the way back to what we started, said in the beginning about the red flags, that is, when I hear you speak, it sounds in that moment like you're kind of speaking from your intuition, like you're speaking from your gut. And so I have a feeling you actually are better able to catch red flags at this point in your journey than you might realize Right, it's like, what's the difference between a red flag and actually something that I know I need to just like sit with this discomfort and realize like mm-hmm. this is new or this feels different or you know maybe there's some growth in this um, and finding that healthy balance between well this is a red flag better run or mm, maybe I'll sit with this for a beat and see where it goes right? But maybe it doesn't have to be two months to your point. Maybe it can be right. a couple of weeks and then we can decide, okay, maybe this doesn't feel right. But yeah. I don't know. There's something about it where it sounds like things are coming together in a way for you where I think your intuition actually knows more than maybe you give it credit for. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: Most likely because the brain tries to take over all the time. It tries to win.
1: <laughs> and that's going to
2: yeah, the everthinker and the analytical side of me definitely takes over sometimes. It's like just shush. Well, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad that you brought this up because I think that this is something, especially people who are listening who have been on this journey and are doing their own inner work, right? And are finding patterns showing up in relationships. I mean, this is it. Like as we said, it's it's taking it on tour. You're on tour now, right? And so all of this work that you've done, and all the intellectualizing that you're doing, now you're actually putting it to use. Mm-hmm. It? I love yeah, that
2: because I love music. So yeah, it's like it's like the road to now. <laughs> I love it.
1: Yeah, it's great. Hmm. Will you keep us posted and let us know how this relationship is going?
0: I
2: definitely will.
1: I'm excited oh,
0: for you. So excited for you, Deb. This is really, oh, thank you. Really good stuff.
2: It is, and you know, I'm very thankful for the journey and the people I've met on this path that have been a big part of, you know, getting me to where I need to be. It's mm-hmm. really important.
0: Yeah, finding that community.
2: Mm-hmm, community is very important. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. you Thank you, well, thanks for sharing your leveling up with us. I know it's gonna be uh, something a lot of people can relate to, just like that, that recognition of, I've come a lot farther than I'm even giving myself credit for. Um, I hope that's so. cool to
1: hear. what else can be true, right?
0: Mm. Exactly.
1: exactly. Okay.
0: All right. Well, you be well, Deb. All right. You guys too. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts,
1: Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett and at Danae logan Sulkin.